How can a purpose-driven business help you grow faster? And why is fulfilling your customers' needs and beyond so, so crucial when it comes to PR? Well, Terry Benamore has combined her world-class artistic ability with her empathy, integrity, and goodwill nature to make the difference not only to her customers, also in building an incredible business. Terry laughs with her customers, she cries with her customers, and her business is now in a position to take off. Remember to hit follow on this podcast and subscribe to the Business Excellence channel on YouTube. Let's do this. Okay, Terry, we're going to talk about having a purpose-driven business. Mm. And because that's what you've got. But first question, what is your purpose? My purpose is to restore people's confidence and self-esteem through the art of illusion tattooing. The art of illusion tattooing, to restore confidence. Yeah, yeah. You know, the listeners listening right now, they obviously the, the, they don't know what you do. So what's illusion tattooing? So illusion tattooing is usually um, post-medical tattooing. So post-operative tattooing, such as the, the thing I specialize in is nipple tattooing, which is carried out for male and female post-breast cancer and post-mastectomy. Um, so usually when you have a mastectomy, you don't have uh, nipples anymore. So, you know, that can really be hugely um, impactful upon your confidence and your self-esteem and mental health. And many people choose to have a hyper-realistic 3D nipple tattooed by me. Hyper-realistic. Hyper. We're talking little glands that, that represent the Montgomery glands, um, the detailing in the nipple, veins. Um, I make it look like a real nipple. Yeah, so much so that online, actually, they refuse to put your images up because they think they're real. That's right, yeah. It actually even happened this morning. Uh, I woke up this morning to a post from Meta saying that one of my videos that had been posted about two months ago has been deleted and my content therefore cannot be shared publicly because um, my page has now got kind of like a block on it. So I've had this battle with Meta for years and I've been on the news debating you, about it. I am. You but, have. You, you've been on Sky News, yes, BBC News, yes, GB News. Yes, that's right. That's you, right. You, you, you totally, totally have. So you give people back the confidence. Yes, I do. Why, why, why did you choose to do this? So I'm a tattoo artist by trade and I've been tattooing for 18 years. And uh, I, don't, I don't know when it was, maybe let's say eight years ago, I had some people, um, some ladies come to me that had had nipple tattoos done on the NHS. It is something that the NHS offer. But um, unfortunately, as much as I love the NHS, the nipple tattooing services are substandard. They are, I, d I don't believe they're acceptable. And I, as a hyper-realistic artist, you know, I specialise in portraiture, um, you know, whether that be animals, florals, botanicals, things like that. These people came to me and said, look, we've seen the work that you do. We think you'd be really good at tattooing nipples. Please, can you help us? And I never even knew it was a thing. Um, I think 
you know, maybe I'd seen it a couple of times, but just didn't realise how much of a need there was for it. And I uh, researched it and said to these ladies, OK, I'll, I'll take it on and do it. And I, I carried out these nipple tattoos on them, um, I think quite naively they turned out fantastic which was very lucky because I then realized that there was a whole world out there that I needed to learn more about so um do you know what a couple more years went past and I I felt like I wasn't something was missing from my career you know I love what I do I put a lot of emotion into everything but for some reason I I didn't feel like I was giving back and you know what happened? I went to a Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within. I did the firewalk. When was that? 2017. So you did the firewalk? Did the firewalk. And you know, he has a day when it's like the day when you have your, um, I can't remember what they call it. It's like your breakthrough day. Breakthrough That's what it's day, called. Yeah. You have your breakthrough day. And uh, I was like, I don't know what this is going to be about because I don't feel like anything is going to, I know why I'm here, like, you know, I enjoy tattooing. I don't know. I'm just here to hang around and have a good time. And then I had this massive breakthrough at Tony Robbins, which was that I needed this purpose. And the purpose was that I was going to um, help people by giving them good quality nipple tattoos. Um, and yeah, I honestly can say that was hand on heart down to the Tony Robbins thing that that happened. So, and that um, was, was that Unleash the Giant Within? Unleash the Power Within. Unleash the Power Within. That's he, it. He's got that. In- in a book as well, hasn't it? So yes. Listeners can also get that yes. in, in one of his books. So yes. it is called that 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 title as well. All right. So what what you've actually got though is a purpose driven now, fueled with that passion and love and sincerity from yourself, with a really specific niche. Mm. Yeah, very specific. And actually it goes even more specific than that because I'm also Apparently, the statistic is one of only 10 people in the world to offer phalloplasty tattooing, which is a type of tattooing for people that have transitioned from a female to a male and they've had a phallus created and it actually doesn't look like a real phallus. So I tattoo it to make it look hyper-realistic and um, with the surgeries and and the advances that are going on right now, you know, to to be able to offer that tattooing in this day and age is just incredible. So I've recently had a client travel over from Sweden to have it done by me, which is amazing. So the niche deepens. The niche does deepen. So you you are actually one in 10, you said, that that's doing that in the world. Yeah, is that right? Apparently. Is it to that level or is there only 10 people doing it? Well, I've heard there's only 10 people actually offering this service. So, uh, and that was by the person that trained me to do it. So, you know, I suppose it's hard to find that that exact number. Yeah, I did a little bit of research before this and I don't know what you think about this, but apparently you're the best in the world at what you do. (laughs) Is that true? Um, Do you know what? This is something I've been working on. I would probably say um, I offer some of the best in the world. Uh, I'm working on saying I am the best <laughs> because I think I, you always need to aspire and have people to look up to. Otherwise, you know, I, I don't know. I would never say I'm the best. Though you've got a significant skill. All right. So you're highly skilled. And also from your business now, you are looking at 
teaching other people to do that skill as well. That's right. Um, to that, your level and beyond. Yeah, I think I've always had the the drive to bring on the next generation of people and it doesn't stop with me. In the not so distant future, I'll be too old to do this. Therefore, you know, there'll be people out there that will be way better and will even teach me things. So... Um, there's a bit of a funny line here with with teaching within this industry because a lot of people offer two or three day courses within um, medical tattooing and I don't agree with that. Um, you know, a tattoo apprenticeship in general for a decorative tattoo can take three years plus. And um, for some reason, people think that's okay just to do a three-day course in tattooing areas of the body where they've potentially had serious scarring, necrosis, radiotherapy, things like that. So that personally, I believe, takes way longer. So I have a plan, yes, for training. Um, And the idea is that, you know, I'm not going to be able to help many people myself. I really want there to be um, an army of people helping everybody. It's not about me. It's about the people that need these services the most. Yeah, look, which is part of your passion. Now, if I, if I just go back, I don't know, five minutes or so, you, you mentioned giving back, you know, and especially from the lesson that you got from Tony Robbins. Why is that so important to you? Because... I think I don't I feel like I'm just born this way you know I I was raised that you know if we have a gift then then we we have to give that back to people it's not just about me making money from a business um I need to have uh self worth and that comes from helping other people in an that kind of can sometimes be a bit of a selfish thing like you know I get a lot of joy from from giving back to people but without having that I feel like I would have no purpose there is a paradox there isn't it you can actually get to oh it must be selfish then the fact that I want to help other people we're not going there because I don't don't believe that for a second now but you're fueled by giving back and Mm. giving people confidence and you you feel good off the back of it what impact is that having on your business growth? Oh, I think everything. Everything about how my business is growing is rotates around the fact that I am so passionate and that we're giving back. The, there is a difficulty that I'm finding is how to work out how to give back without it then becoming a free service. You know, there is always going to be that that um, sort of thing in your mind, whereas, you know, a surgeon uh, is saving somebody's life, yet they're getting paid for it. Um, So I I do have to battle with that sometimes, but I'm doing lots of research at the minute in how we can uh, make tattooing, um, this medical tattooing, more uh, affordable. You know, right now I feel like it is quite an expensive thing to have done, and I do um, feel like that shouldn't be the case. Why is it that... Um, you know, potentially poorer people shouldn't be able to have a really good quality nipple tattoo. So this is where I'm focusing a lot of my time right now in trying to work out how we can get some of that money back into um, all wakes and all walks of life. Well, look, keep going through that battle because you're doing a really good thing and people definitely want and need this. So you talked about the impact is huge because it's your passion. Where, Where is your passion coming from here? Where does it come from? Um, my, I, I've just seen so many 
badly done medical tattoos. I think that's where it really comes from. Um, it's I just truly believe it's not acceptable for people to offer substandard permanent procedures. I don't believe you'd go to a surgeon and go, oh, he's cheap. That's fine. I'll get it done with him. You know, um, that really sort of touches something within my heart and I know that I can do something way better than that that's what the drive is you know when when someone stands in front of you and they can't even bear to look at themselves in the mirror because their body let them down or, or they potentially were so close to losing their life and never seeing their families again and they're crying at you begging you to help them that is genuinely what we're talking about here uh it like it honestly touches me so much that 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 is my calling that's what i have to do how how important are the standards then the quality of for example nipple tattoo from your customers so 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 important and you know unfortunately i have to educate the clients because they don't know what the standard should be you know if if a person has never like searched really deeply for the the level of work they can achieve, um, you know they'll they'll feel happy with with just a little bit of pigmentation put into their breast, which looks like a nipple um, or looks like a phallus, and and that's not acceptable. So I feel like it's part of my job to. Um, to educate the people so you know by put, getting on the news as I have done and, and show the standard of work that needs to be um, set as the absolute minimum then that's going to be raising the standard worldwide and that to me is the most important thing it's not acceptable to have to have a rubbish looking body part you what, know what kind of reaction do you get when you once you've completed a Ch tattoo you know um, it's always sheer joy um but but often you know people can't really it, it's not like you always look in the mirror and then straight away you're like wow this is amazing this is what I always wanted bearing in mind that we're talking about people that have found it difficult to look in the mirror for the past five ten years so when they look in the mirror often it is going to take time and I've even had um I tattooed a doctor and she needed to take two weeks before she could look at herself in the mirror so she said I, I promise I'm happy with what you've done but I can't quite look at it just yet so I, I'll message you in a couple of weeks time and that is uh it's a process and it, it can be uh, it's always rewarding but it's not you know, it's not like decorative tattooing where you look in the mirror and there's a beautiful portrait of your son or something yeah. like that. Straight away, it's amazing. You know, this this is um, this is a bit more of an ongoing. Thing. Do you do that anymore? Or have you just completely niched? I do because um, I'm a creative and I need to have that creative outlet. And nipple tattooing, phallus tattooing, and even I do scalp tattooing for um, hair loss. It's really common now. That one, yeah, I love it. I love it. That's like a whole different thing. Talking about about um, men and you know receding hairlines and and things like that. I am so passionate about making sure that men feel they have an option. You know. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here, but when, you know, if a man is receding or losing their hair, which is called male pattern baldness, they they might go to their friends and say, this, actually, this would never happen. They would never <laughs> go to their friends in a pub and say, I'm feeling really down because I'm losing my hair. Because their friends would probably not, go, yeah. what are you on about? Oh my God, that's stupid. Um, but actually... But, but they feel it in, inside. Yeah, right. 
right? And for a for a woman, you know, I could go to my friends and say, I'm feeling a bit, you know, not very confident about this part of me or that part of me. And we've got options to talk to each other. We've got options to go and change those things. But for men, we're, even this day that we're in now, this day and age, we, I don't feel like men are able to confide in their friends about things like that. So um, that's a, another campaign there. <laughs> so where, where are people, people are going to want to go and look at, what you're talking about here yes. on your website i'm yes. guessing on your website is the best place to look yes it is so where do they go at www.thekiriclinic.com that's a k-i-r-a k-i-r-i k-i-r-i there yes. you go terry yes. bennymore and it's terry with an i as well terry with an i terry with an i, I. <laughs> all right so teaching then you want to teach other people to do this so that you can do it in the masses yeah yeah to your level yeah why do you want that so much? Because um, this isn't about me. This is about them. This is about the clients and the people that need to have this done. And I don't want to be like a hero or, or taking on all this work myself. It's just about making this available to more people. But I know that the standards that I work to, my work ethics, my vision, my mission, my values, everything is the highest of of anyone that I know that does this in this industry. Um, therefore, I feel like I would be very good to, to teach people and um, to pass on that knowledge and the passion. Um, it's going to be difficult to find those people, I know, but, you know, my, I have a goal. And I have a goal to have 20 Kiri clinics around the country. There we go. You heard it here today, folks. Um, all right, so... Look, we're talking about a purpose-driven business here. Mm. And what would you say to any of the listeners that haven't got that yet? That haven't got that purpose that you've just shared that you've got? I think everybody has a purpose and it really is a case of just digging deep, you know. What do you love? Um, what? When you start talking to somebody, suddenly you'll realise that you can just talk and talk and talk about a certain subject. That's something that you're passionate about. I didn't ever realise that I would be passionate about nipple tattooing and things like that. Um, it just happened. And, you know, COVID happened. And for our industry, it was extremely detrimental. Um, to come out the other side with a business was just incredible because we were closed for a year yeah and um, as a limited company is my tattoo business is um you know that was that was a very financially difficult thing for us and I, i'll never forget a um a local breast cancer group contacted me and said they would like to for me to do like a little kind of um presentation on nipple tattooing just to kind of teach them about it and I hadn't done anything or spoken about it for eight months and then before um I was thinking I don't know where this is going to come from because I being locked in in lockdown I, I genuinely feel it was feeling like so unex, uninspired and kind of trapped and um I remember clicking uh, go on this sort of webinar that I was doing and went to open my mouth and it all just came out. And I was like, I, I started crying because I realised that is a true passion. Um, that didn't need to come from anywhere. I didn't have to think about it. It just came out. Was the webinar live? It was live, yes. Yeah, and yeah. What, what response did you get from crying? They loved it. They <laughs> loved it because they, they just know that I'm a real person. Um, and, you know, I think being relatable is probably the most important thing. 
um, one of the biggest reasons I got into what I do is because I had really naughtily had a tattoo done at a young age. And How young? Two years below the... <laughs> that was illegal. The legal age. Right. <laughs> um, yes, I know. But um, do you know what? I had a great experience, but I felt really intimidated by the people. And they were lovely. There wasn't, they, they weren't horrible. There was nothing bad about the service that I received. But I was Terry from a small village in Northamptonshire. And these guys were like red hair, tattooed faces, tattoos everywhere, listening to heavy metal. I think one of them even brought out a scorpion in a box to show me. And, do you know, I was only 16. And at that young age, I could not understand why, if I had chose to go to them to change my body for the rest of my life, why did I feel so out of place and uncomfortable? Because I know that a doctor or a surgeon wouldn't have made me feel like that. And it triggered something within me. And I, from the age 16, knew that that was my thing. I was going to open a tattoo studio and it was going to be welcoming to all. No one should feel... Um, uncomfortable there's no heavy metal music you know I'm just so grateful that they chose to choose us in the first place so therefore you know the, they need to feel comfortable here look you've you're developing a really successful business you've got great ambitions how important is are those two elements so uh, that you're relatable and that you're welcome into all that is everything that is literally everything why because what is a business if someone can't walk in and look you in the eye and trust you um how do you how do you develop that relatedness? Well, you know, I think for me it's about adapting to that client. You know, if I've got an eighteen year old that comes in, um, then I I might, you know, potentially be slightly different around them, adapt my language, my body language, and things like that. A lot of my clients are over sixty; they have been through breast cancer; they have never stepped foot in a tattoo studio before. Um, and I need to show them that I'm a human being and not a stereotypical tattooist. Where did you get this level of empathy from? Because that's what it is. And that is a huge skill. Is it? And that leads to success in life. Where do you get your empathy from? Wow. That is such a hard question. I, I think seeing wrongdoing... Uh, has okay. driven that. Just brainstorm it out. Number one, seeing wrongdoing. What else? Where else do you get it from? Um, my upbringing. Okay. Who? My parents. Yeah, they've always been real people person, people people. And um, my husband is the, the most incredible people person that I know. Um, we've been together 20 years, by the way. So he has a massive influence on where you we don't are look now. old enough to be married we for 20 years. We were childhood sweethearts. I wasn't married for okay. 20 years. We've been together for 20 years. Married for four. All right. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly think, uh, I, I don't know. What is I empathy don't know. to you? What is it to you? Empathy is being relatable and it's being able to put yourself in someone's shoes. You know, I cry with my clients on a weekly basis and that is not a put on thing it comes from somewhere deep within because i can feel their pain and and that's 
hard for me to say. I would never say to a client, oh, I understand, because I don't. I don't understand. But I'm feeling something deep within there that that I'm sure many people wouldn't. Um, that's why I know that, that this, this job is right for me, you know. When I talk about it, it I can feel my throat changes, my eyes change. I'm glazing over slightly because it's it's deep. Do you know, I, I asked a few people in my preparation for this, uh, just did a bit of digging and I phoned up a few people. I said, what can you tell me about Terry? And you know what one, one phrase that someone says? You know what? She's proud to laugh and cry with her clients every day. Absolutely. That is literally It's what not happens. just crying though, it's the laughter as well. Yeah, for sure, because it's a celebration. What I'm offering is a celebration. Um, it's not my job to talk to somebody about their cancer. That is not what defines them anymore. They're not that person that had the cancer. They're coming to me for the end of that journey. This is the beginning of the next chapter. This is being able to walk past a mirror and your brain not think, oh my gosh, something's missing. Um, I look different or, or to, to be in a changing room at a gym or a swimming place or whatever and, and feel conscious that people are looking at you. My job is to make them not think anymore. So it's, it's actually coming from uh, a place of trying to restore normality for them. And I make that a celebration. You know, this is the beginning of the rest of your life now. You can put that all behind you. And that's huge. Well, look, you are developing a really good business. Let me just summarize this for a second. You've got a purpose-driven business. You're fueled by that reason why every day. You've got amazing skills. You've got ambition to grow it more, and you, you've got a system in place to go and train and teach the next 20. Um, you've got empathy as well, which is a significant skill set. Now, how do you manage your time and being ridiculously productive which i'm told you are and the listeners want to know because they want to be productive default diary that is simply it i plan everything that's going to happen in a week and that includes the morning time the evening time um every single thing i i started a default diary a few years back actually quite a few years ago um, just before COVID and that changed everything for me I think I, I was that person that would not class social media as work and I'd be on that until 11 o'clock at night and then realize actually uh, thanks to my coach that is actually working still um, so yeah the default diary planning everything the great the best thing I, I would the best advice I would give is to Create a diary based on what you are doing. Write it down. You know, what did I do? How long did it take me to make dinner? How long did it take me to make breakfast? Um, you know, I had a phone call earlier. How long? And then bef do that for a couple of weeks and then look at the patterns. Um, did I need to do that or could somebody else do that? Uh, and that's, I think, where the, the growth has come from for me is working out what are the jobs that I don't need to be doing. Yeah, yeah, right. So there's two things. We're going to touch on that part second. The first bit that you mentioned was classing social media as work. Yeah. Now, I, I bet you now that has hit a nerve with a lot of people listening to this. Mm -hmm. So the other people don't class it as work. What would you say to them? It absolutely is. It is work. It should be, you should be classing that as work. It's a, it should be a paid for job. 
Um, it's not okay to work a long day and then to go home and do social media all night. You'll just burn yourself out. I've been there. I burned myself out. You know, not uh, luckily for me, I just don't have that part of my brain that goes overload. Um, I'm very, very driven. Uh, however, that really impacts on your family. And that's not acceptable. You know, that's not okay. What's the point of living if your family at home are, are suffering because of your drive that's gone out of control? So it's important to uh, to block out that time in a default diary to do your social media. Yeah. Look, you, you really resonate in there. It's not okay. You said that a few times. It's not okay. Your family and your loved ones need you, yeah? Mm. So that is time in work. Working in the business. What are some of your biggest mistakes that you've made in the business? Um, the first one, not having a business coach. Right. That, I suppose I've twisted that around slightly. That's the best thing I've ever done. But when I didn't seek advice from a coach, um, because I'm so passion-driven and passion-fueled, you can very easily end up floating into yeah. the clouds and to have um i really needed to have people to to sort of guide me into the right direction especially as a creative the sky's the limit in my brain so <laughs> i need to be hang on a second slow down um the the next biggest thing i think was not communicating um with with my team so, you know, I, I began as an artist. I didn't start with a business degree or uh, anything like that. You know, throughout my A-levels and GCSEs and all that, that I, I was an artist. My parents are artists as well, although they have careers. They are artists too. And I, I feel like I opened a studio because I didn't believe in the ethics and ethos of many of the studios around me. So I just went, I need to have this studio for myself that I can bring up my own values and business kind of happened around me and then I needed to learn business. So over the years, I've learned many things the hard way and communication has been the biggest, the absolute biggest lesson for me. People need your time. And when I'm trying to grow a business... How much of your time? Um, a day, a week, I need to spend... Communicate. Communicating. Wow. How do you break that down that day a week? Is it just one full day? Communicate all day long? <laughs> no. So I have a manager's meeting right. with the, our manager at, at the studio. I have uh, meetings with my apprentices. So I have decorative tattoo apprentices working yeah. with me. And then I communicate with my clients. So I have a specific time in the diary when I'm getting their designs prepared for the next week and liaising with them. So it's all laid out in it. You're always a week ahead. Always a week ahead. In your so, communication. Yeah. yeah. Friday is the day I'm working on the next week. Okay. You said get a coach, communicate. Mm. What are the other mistakes? And we'll... Any others? I think the... The only other thing I can think of is not hiring a team to do the jobs, trying to do everything myself. Which is that first point you said about delegating. Yeah, delegation. So hiring people yeah, and delegating. Absolutely. It's difficult when you're so passion-fueled to let go. Um, How did you let go? Because I realised that um, my... That it's not just me that believes in these things, you know. I developed a wonderful uh, recruitment system where 
we could tell if people had empathy and were able to adapt to situations and, and um, communicate on different levels with different clients. And it becomes clear very quickly if people share that same, um, the, same the same morals as you do. So, yeah, that's how. And my team is phenomenal, like amazing. I trust them with everything. Well, I bet you do. I mean, look at that phrase. It's not just me that believes in these things. No. So that dawned on you. Mm -hmm. And you then you developed a recruitment system yeah. that was finding out who believes in these things. Yes. Yeah. It's With been fantastic. With similar levels of empathy. And Absolutely. Yeah. Communication. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. But just wonderful, passionate people who everything that I'm saying now, I could guarantee you I could sit them in this seat right now and they'd probably say something very similar. And they would have similar feelings about what we are trying to achieve. And that's with a client, even a client that would just walk in the door just to just to say hi or just to have a look. They will leave feeling like on top of the world because the team all share that every person that walks in should feel like they've they're worth a million dollars to us which they are so do you know um i did a podcast with a gentleman named james circus and one of his points he said it is absolutely critical that you that you share your experiences in your business journey with people that want to go on the same path people that want to take that same journey that you're taking which of course is resonating again here is there anything key that you put into your recruitment system which helps you understand if this is if they're sharing these things one of the biggest and best things that we did um was to ask them to send a one minute video it's not a trick you can send whatever you want to us and it, what it does is it gives us the opportunity just to feel um, what they're like as a person, their confidence, their ability. They don't, they don't do you ask them to talk about why they want the job or no, do you give them a, no. send us a one minute video on anything you want? Anything you want. There's no trick here. Um, we give them a few hints and tips. If you want to talk about your hobbies, then you can. And that has been amazing for us because we're a creative business, you know, yes, um, there is a very serious side to what we do, but at the end of the day, we're creatives, and we're not we're not trying to be medical professionals. Um, so when someone sends you across a creative video sh showing a bit of humour, yet um, can still mm. show us that they they take things very be seriously. Be careful, you're giving them all the answers here. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I'm a good judge of character. Um, it's been fantastic to to yeah. to get people to do that. Really, really exciting. Um, but also we, we ask them to drop out if they're not feeling like this is them. So we say, you know, this is what we really are looking for. Um, we're looking for somebody that has empathy, that needs the ability to communicate on different levels. You know, we might go from a really excited person that's getting a decorative tattoo to somebody who's just finished have, going through cancer and they need to be able to adapt. Are you able to do that? If you're not, that's okay. Then yeah. then you can go and, and thank you so much for, for coming. Uh, do you know, that's one one of the most powerful things I'd seen in, when I came into Action Culture originally. Recruitment is not a selection process, it's a deselection De process. Yes, Amazing, exactly. isn't it? It has a massive, massive impact. 
Yeah, it's been really good, the deselection process. Like, it just puts them in control. Um, and people seem to be always honest when you do it like that. So are you a delegator now? Have you made the shift from doing all of the stuff yourself to hiring people, getting and communicating for a day a week? Are you an efficient delegator now? I'm getting there. <laughs> I, I do... I am a delegator and I have a great team. Um, I'm not going to put my hands up and say I'm the most efficient person because I'm still very much learning. Um, what, are the, what are the three biggest things you've learned about the power of delegation? I've learned that when everyone's passion driven as they are, they are they are capable, you know. Everybody that I've hired is capable, so that's okay. You know, trust that they can do it. Um, delegation for me is fantastic because it is the chance for me to what I call brain dump. I have so much going on in my mind all the time. I need to get it out. Um, wow. And once it's gone, it's gone as well. So I will say, I'm going to give you this bit of information right now, but know that it's going to be gone from my mind. So it's really important to take this on and act upon it straight away. Um, I suppose people pay a lot more attention when you communicate like that as well. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'm not a harsh boss at all, but yes, I think so. Uh, I think, yeah. It, it's really good point though, from a from an NLP perspective, you're controlling how much information is in your brain. Huh? As soon as this, as soon as I share this, I, I'm deleting it from my mind. So please own it. Yes, <laughs> take it from Please me. take charge of this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and let me know if you need any help. Absolutely. Here it is. Absolutely. But if you do need help, you just need to remind me again of what that thing was. Yeah. <laughs> I need that. I need that. Look, you are on the journey to business excellence. What is business business excellence, by the way? What is it? Wow. Um, for me, <laughs> business excellence is fulfilling what my client needs uh, to the highest possible standard. Fulfilling what the client needs to the highest possible standard. Anything else? Having a happy team that respect you and are driven by the same goals and morals that you have. Happy team that re that respect you and driven by the same goals and morals. Nice. If you're allowed a third part in this answer, what would it be? A business that runs well without you. A business that runs well without you. Are you on the way? I'm on my way, definitely. Definitely. I will never stop working. Yeah. However, that has to happen in in my vision. Uh, it needs to be because this isn't about me. This is about helping the masses. Very nice. Now, I'm, a, I'm very aware that you have sat in a hot seat before in, in a coaching environment. Can you just tell the listeners what on earth we're even talking about here? So... Um, it was one of the most frightening things ever, I have to say. So basically, I have had a business coach for many years, which was life-changing, genuinely life-changing for me. And um, we do group sessions, and one of the biggest 
things that we can take from that is to be given the opportunity to do a hot seat, which is where we're coached in front of all the other people, which on this particular day was quite a lot. I don't know, maybe 40 people or something like that. And you are vulnerable. I felt vulnerable, but in a great way. Like, you know, like my brain has been peeled open and everybody has to see it. And um, it was an opportunity to fix a problem that I might have. And um, I'd always wanted to open a Kiri clinic. It was a dream for many, many years. But for one reason or another, I... I wasn't ready. You know, there's that whole thing, oh, I'm not ready yet. You need to have X amount in the bank or this team behind you or this everything lined up perfectly. And the hot seat was with you. And uh, it was just uh, mind-blowing. What happened was my problem was that I really wanted my decorative tattooing business to grow. And, you know, it's difficult for businesses because for as a small business... You, you start to break the boundaries and turn mm. into a medium business and then you get hit by that and uh, higher tax brackets and things like that. And and it's really difficult to push through that. You kind of got to grow massively or you need to, to shrink back down and, and you know <laughs> get down. And that was never the case for me. I always needed to grow, uh, which meant for me, I needed to take on apprentices. I needed to bring on the next generation of artists and empaths and passionate people to to take over this this role. And um, I don't have enough space in my current studio. We've got six, six or seven artists, six artists, I think, there. And... Um, my question was, how am I going to bring on more artists without having the space right now, without relocating? I love where we are. We're in one of the oldest uh, coaching inns in the country. It's beautiful. Yeah. So anyway, the question was, how am I going to create this space? So um, somebody had pointed out that I wanted to open my medical tattooing clinic. Therefore, I would be moving out of my decorative tattooing clinic at studio into the medical one, making space for somebody else to step into my shoes there. And being put on the spot, I think the first question was, how much money do you need to to make this happen? How much money is a career clinic going to cost you? Just on the top of my head, thinking of a figure, let's say 25 grand. Um, and uh, you said, so give me a date then. When you, uh, First of all, how are you gonna find this money? bit of brainstorming everybody else in the hot seat everybody all the viewers kind of can can chip in which was awesome with some great ideas uh, very inspiring and then um give me a date so in january 2023 um the date that i gave was my birthday because it was the only date i could think of which was june the 24th and you said to me you need to get me a pitch together. So by the next time I see you, you're going to create a pitch and you're going to tell us how you're going to make this 25 grand. This is hilarious because I was petrified of making this pitch. I was so petrified and so motivated that I went away and decided to skip all, skip the pitch and do everything so that I didn't have to do the pitch. So in uh, eight weeks, I had a premises, I had a lease, I had a license and came back and went, 
I can't do the pitch. I'm sorry. I've done it all. <laughs> I was just, um, yeah, the pitch wasn't going to happen for me. So I, I'm going to work on that, though. I should still do a pitch. <laughs> it motivated you in the right way. Yeah, you did. You, it made, oh, sorry. you made it happen. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise that I had that level, actually. Um, it brought out a side of me that really surprised me. And um, what's excited me the most is the Kiri had been open seven days and I realised that I've outgrown it already. Uh, that there is way more to that and my brain doesn't feel, I don't feel scared, I don't feel mm -hmm. worried. Um, I'm already there in my mind. Have so. you got the next clinic ready? It's not ready, but a massive plan is brewing. It's big. 20 clinics. 20. Yeah, with confidence. Go big or go home. Absolutely, yeah. If you want to make a difference, which is at the end of the day why I'm here and what I want to do, then it needs to be. Yeah, so what would you say to people about getting in the hot seat? Oh, do it. Do it. Talk openly. Don't worry about anything that anyone could throw at you or question you. I cried. I cried because I was so happy because I it just ignited something in my mind. It made me realise how much I really want this. And uh, I didn't realise until that moment how big it was. Um, and then the following weeks just proved that, you know. So do it. If anyone gets the opportunity, amazing. Yes, it is absolutely amazing. Now, one last thing I want to talk to you about before we uh, do some quick questions is PR. Mm. Because you may or not may not know that you're pretty good at PR. Hmm. So you've had you've you've had a lot of PR that's come your way, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You've BBC, Sky News. How did you make that happen? Well, the first thing was I went to John Lewis and bought a suit, a really expensive suit, <laughs> and somehow things just started following. What I what set was your the intention? intention. What was the intention? Um. Do you know what? I don't even, I can't even, I don't know the thought process, but I just knew that this year needed to be that year where I had a bloody expensive suit. <laughs> and, to go on TV with. Yeah, yeah. No, no, sorry. I just agreed with you. That is absolutely not true. I did not think I was going to go on TV. However, I knew that this needed to happen. Um, for what I need to, to, for the points that I need to make, and this isn't about benefiting my business. This is about educating the people that need the services. I need to get on the news. That's the only way. Is that, but th th there might be some secret ingredient there. It's not about your business. It's about benefiting the industry or benefiting mm. the consumer. Absolutely. Is that what you wanted to stand for? Oh, 100%. This isn't about bringing in the money. This is about um, making a difference to the people. That's it. So when you're, I, I, don't, I don't know if that would work with every business model and this wasn't intentionally how things were supposed to be, but for me, everyone connects with that. And that's been the most, uh, the thing that has actually brought me the most PR, definitely. That people say, oh my God, I know somebody that talks so passionately and so openly about this subject. She'll be great on the news and phone calls come in. And, and I, I do put myself out there, you know, with social media. I, I think it's really important that people are able to connect to me. People buy into people. 
Yeah, because you've also done the same on on the social side. So you've built you've built quite a large following there. Yeah. How yeah. did you do that? Again, just being a consistency actually. Consistency of what? Posting and allowing people to see me and who I am. So, um, you know, I will show little snippets into my life, you know. This year has been one of the most difficult years of my life and yet the most successful year of my life. And allowing people to see that I'm human and posting um, snippets of my life as well as my business and my processes and how I'm connecting with my clients um, is what builds relationships with people. And it's important that I have relationships with my followers as well. Um, I think, yeah. Are you proud of it? I'm so proud. So proud. Um, I, yeah, unbelievably proud. And do you think that's that's a critical ingredient in, in communicating it and getting the opportunities to communicate? You, you pride on the subject, whatever it is. The listeners are all in different industries and yeah. different things going on in their lives. Do you think that lev- your level of pride contributed towards socially socially increasing and and the PR without a doubt because with the pride you know go crosses many levels you know with regard to the sterility you know the environmental health um you know we're, at the end of the day we're dealing with needles and things like that uh, and people's health um and when you're pride you're making sh- when you're proud you're making sure that that's the best it can possibly be and I'm making sure that my client walks in and I'm like Sarah how was your holiday you know there's your favorite drinks out there you know because I want them to walk in and feel like they're having the best experience and the pride is allowing my clients to see as well that it's not just it's not me and a business here this is this is about them Um, I would really say to everybody allow people to see who you are and it's a very vulnerable place being online and exposed to people you know I don't tend to post loads about my children and things like that I'm so proud of them but um, I do have a line but you know as I was saying this year I had one of the most difficult years my um, husband and children had a really bad car accident Uh, it was awful and they're okay thankfully both my dogs died and I'm uh, a massive animal lover and uh, I, I shared things like that with my with my clients and you know all along my following just continues to rise because I think people want to connect with a human and when you're going online and you're like hello thanks for joining me and just being very straight and you're not that's not who you are um, people just switch off amazing look yeah you've just helped a lot of people on on several fronts we're not finished yet I've got some quick questions for you what's your favorite book that you've ever read Oh my gosh. Well, I have to say, um, I'm more of a, a novel reader right. and um, The Celestine Prophecy. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm really... See, when you realise that nothing is a coincidence... Exactly, yeah. It's what you do next that matters. That's right, I've yeah. I've also read the same. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really into... Uh, mental well-being and um, yeah just being able to connect and share your energies with people I think is nice. is is a lot of th- those sorts of books really inspire me yeah I mean I love business books of course but I tend to um, just touch in on podcasts and things like that but I'm currently and now you're on one 
I'm on one. Thank you. There you go. And what's your favorite movie? <laughs> oh, my gosh. My husband will kill me he because um, he he's a film buff and I'm not. What's his favorite movie? I couldn't tell you. I mean, I'd probably say Shawshank Redemption oh, or, or something like that for him. What about you? For you? Are you not copying it? I mean, that no, is a, I can't even say. Movie. If I'm watching a film, I feel like I feel guilty that I should be doing some right. art. That's how I like, you know, switch off. Who's your favourite artist? I can't. I can't even. I because can't even say. Many. There's too many. I, I'm so inspired by everybody. Uh, there's a there's an artist now called Sophie T who is um, I. She's a, a modern artist. She's in Australia. She's painting naked. The female body, which obviously resonates with me because I, I deal with the female body mm. on a on a daily basis, um, right down to Monet, um, you know Van Gogh. It, it's so deep. And then do you know what? I'm actually mostly inspired by uh, upcoming artists of today. You know, why, why does that inspire you more? Um, I really like to see things happening now and it's really exciting to to watch people's journeys like we it's such it's so lovely to have social media and to be able to watch someone develop and we didn't have that joy years ago you know when if you happen to know Van Gogh then awesome but um, now to be able to see people's creative processes that's really inspiring for me as an artist so um, whether it be a tattoo artist or an illustrative mm. artist um, what's your favorite holiday destination Cornwall is feels like home to me, so I'm going to say Cornwall. Um, of course, there's many places abroad that I love, but can't take your dogs there, though. No, you? well, they're dead, so well, harsh. Yeah, it, sorry, it was, but I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing joking. you've taken the dogs to Cornwall. Do you know what we we didn't? Um, have you got dogs? No, I want the dog though. Oh, okay. Well, there's this thing. Oh, I don't know if I should go into this, but 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 we learned the hard way about something called beach diarrhea. Just Google it. Yeah. It's yeah. self-explanatory. If your it? dog drinks seawater, trust me, it is bad news. So, yeah, we didn't take our dogs to beaches. <laughs> what, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh, my daughter asks this question all the time and I'll be so sad because I... Um, to give everyone self-worth. Whew. we've never had that one. I asked the same question to everyone on this and we've definitely not had that <laughs> to give everybody self-worth. There you go. What would your daughter's superpower be? Oh, um, well, we had this discussion about genies right. literally a couple of days ago and we're talking about whether or not it's okay to wish for more wishes or how actually that's quite a greedy thing to do. Yeah. And we actually did come to the conclusion that that's greedy and actually bad things can happen when you have too much. So, um, Good making the them wise. Nice. Are you an early bird or night owl? A new early bird. A new early bird. How yes. early? I get up at quarter to six. 5.45. Yeah. Yeah. I've got children, a two-year-old and an eight-year-old, so there's no choice in the matter. Nice, Blaine. I'm so productive in the mornings. If you could have one day in somebody else's life, who would you choose? Oh my, um, 
Oh my gosh, my brain just did like an etch sketch trying to think. There's so many incredible people. An artist? Oh, oh I can't even think. I can't even think. Um, Don't force it. We'll come back to it. Yeah, let's let's come back. Who've been the biggest trusted advisors in your life? My business coach, Mark yeah. Dilks. Definitely so. And... Um, trust him with everything and you know to be able to understand your vision and mm. and advise you on that and my parents and husband what do you get from your husband that he's helps so you wise and grounding um i can float off into the clouds of ideas and he brings me back down and it's so bloody frustrating um however it's needed and uh he's full of such wise words he's like an owl um he, uh, you know, so I get offended quite easily. I, you know, I've always been a worrier. I've felt that um, I've cared what people think too much. And um, he's coached me into remembering that we're all different. We can't all like everybody and things like this. And um, yeah, his words are very grounding for me. So. Nice. Yeah, it resonates that I get the same from my wife. Mm. What's the first thing that the listeners should do once they listen to this? Well, after you've looked on my website, <laughs> um, you should think about your purpose. I think I would just encourage anyone to think about their purpose. And, you know, a one good tip I can give to to getting into that zone. I know a lot of people that find it difficult to switch off and... Um, art art if anyone is ever people say i can't draw i absolutely stand up and say that is not true uh, you just need to be shown how and to do something like art to, to go to an art workshop book an art workshop you will find all of a sudden um your brain that part of your brain can't work anymore where you're busy and you're clouded by the day-to-day -day things and happenings and before you know it you're in this wonderful switched off creative happy mode where magical things happen some of my best ideas have come when i've been in that frame of mind um which i don't think is even a frame of mind it's just switched off do you know what my favorite part of today was there's a few bits i think the overall thing is being sat with someone that's got the passion and purpose that's got the skills They've broken through the sort of barrier to to delegation, to scaling the business up. They've got it to a point where they're beginning to do it without them. And that combined with your answer to the business excellence question was, was fantastic. The three points were fulfilling what your client needs to the highest possible standards, keeping a happy team and getting the business to run without you. Mm. Well, that was really well said as well. Thank you. What's been your favourite part of this conversation? It's always so lovely to talk to you, James. Um, and I think my favourite part has been being able to share my... Um, to share what I do with you. I, I think... 
I don't know. I, I feel like not many people know about it. And I just want more people to understand well, they all know about it, right? the importance of it. Uh, not for me, for them. I feel like I'm a voice. And to be able to have ears that are really listening is a very special thing. So thank you for listening. Well, we've not finished yet. We're coming <laughs> back to the one day. Uh, if you could have one day in someone else's life, who would you choose? Past or present? Oh, my God. This is one of those ones. You've still got me. I'm going to go away. I'm going to be on the train on the way home and absolutely kick myself. Um, I'm going to just pick a wild card and I'm going to say Dawn French. Dawn French. Wild card. Yeah. You love Dawn French. French She's and Saunders. Brilliant. Yeah. Hilarious. I love that. I I, ha I, um, I love comedy. Yeah. And um, I think that it's really important not to take things too seriously. Terry Benamore. Thank you very much. Thank you.